0: Well, welcome to the show. This This is Our View from from the bench. Bench. Well, welcome to the show. I'm Brendan, tip fixer for the Dark Club.
1: And I'm Corey, floor sweeper for the local NJB League. And uh, happy Monday, man.
0: Happy Monday, dude. Back to a Monday. Finally got another Monday in. Been a minute since we've had one, but happy to be here. It's always Heck, nice yeah. to start the week with this because it takes my mind off of what Monday is, which is like <laughs> the beginning of a work week. And it helps me focus on something else on Monday besides work. I mean, not that I don't focus on work. Yeah, yeah, of course. Of course. I definitely, definitely focus on work. Absolutely. We always do. <laughs> Helps me get my mind on something else, right? Exactly. <clears throat> so, how was uh, how was your weekend?
1: Uh, good. Did a little bit of working, obviously. Uh, some ducks games over the weekend because we're in the middle of a home stand. So, uh, did mostly working. That's uh, honestly pretty much all I did. If I wasn't at work, I was home sleeping. And uh, it sounds like the next couple weeks are going to get a little longer for me as well. So, what about you, man?
0: Well, I got to enjoy one of those ducks games that you worked. To be honest with you, you were nice enough, as you told the audience last week, to. Get some tickets. Thank so you. Yeah. Took my dad. Super fun. Talk about it in a little bit. <clears throat> but yeah, it was uh it was fun. That's pretty much what I did on Sunday. Saturday was another productive day around the house. Changed the brakes on my car. Mm. Uh, yeah, worked out a little bit. It was good. Good weekend. Pretty nice for chill. Definitely opposite to you. That's the weird thing. I always feel weird asking you how your week. <laughs> Mine's always like, oh no, I just didn't do much. I just kind of chilled and do the head fun doing this. But that church on Sunday. I, and then uh yours I always like, oh I had the longest weekend I <laughs> hours, I had twenty thousand steps. I'm like, oh damn. Oh
1: my yeah, God. my uh my work schedule as we have talked about is not the norm, so it uh but it's what I like to do, so it actually works out pretty well for me. But for most people I know it's crazy because even my parents know like October, November, I'm pretty much like, I'll be at Thanksgiving, that's about all I can guarantee you. <laughs> Other than that, I'll uh I'll have to keep you posted. <laughs> hmm so
0: See you when I see you. Exactly. <laughs> As you can all see, I'm kind of in a different spot. I was able to kind of move into a different area of the house now. So instead of being out towards the living room, the previous thing that you've seen, i uh, kind of in another room on the side. So uh, not much other than that. Still, obviously, you see the same decorations in the background, stuff that I like. So, uh, yeah, other than that, we wanted to kind of get into sports. We'll start Monday Night Football. That just kind of finished. It was not what probably people would have expected. No. I did actually see that somebody put $2 million down on the Bills. <clears throat> <clears throat> Two so million? that didn't go well for them. Oh, my gosh. But, um, but other than that, it basically kind of finished up as a, as a nail-biter. Did you catch any of this game?
1: So I by the time I got home, because, uh, like I said, it's been getting longer and longer hours these uh, last couple weeks, uh, I did watch the last about eight minutes. So I saw Buffalo score the touchdown To take the lead, and then you're like, okay, well, Denver's got a chance, but you know who knows? Because they, and then that was when the stat came up about, I think Russell Wilson's average Mm -hmm. throw down field at that point in the game was like three point four yards, and I was like, how is how are they even in this game? I don't understand. I didn't realize that's how most of the game went. So, so that was kind of weird. But then I saw like the whole ending and the debacle that is the Buffalo Bills, and. I mean, the pass interference call, I could see, like, the guy was trying to come back as the ball was underthrown because, again, Russell Wilson can't throw anything, apparently. Uh, but to, get, to have a penalty and have 12 guys on the field when the guy misses the field goal, like, come on. Yeah, well, that's what are, the killer. What are you doing out there? You have one job as a special teams coordinator. Make sure there's 11 guys accounted for. How do you let that happen in that moment?
0: You shouldn't, exactly to your point. <laughs> The Broncos were prepared for it. The, it, was, it was obvious what was happening. They kept kneeling and kneeling to burn the timeouts, and then they kneeled again when they had no timeouts left. They were obviously going to rush onto the field and try to kick the last. were in the middle, and they kept kneeling in the middle. Then, all of a sudden, on that third down, they decided to go and kneel on the right hash mind you the wind is moving from left to right so now they're on the oh, far that right, is weird and they're moving from left to right okay so then will Lutz comes out like you said kicks that field goal and he goes right where does he miss <laughs> just a tad bit right but he, it's like dude why didn't you go to the left well i feel like yeah you know, i, I, I didn't terms, i don't know what was going on Wow. either way like you had said that wasn't even the biggest mistake was the pass interference that got them that close it was the twelve guys on the field. They ran them on. You should have had the exact who. Who was the guy who messed up? Who's not supposed to be on special? Right. Games? Like you already know whether or not you're supposed to be out there blocking a the field goal or not. I don't understand. I don't know. I don't know. But that's what happens. That's what happens sometimes. And uh, honestly, that that's kind of what they get. They're, what I, are they? Five and five now? Yeah, I
1: was say that's the crazy thing to me. Buffalo, and after all this talk of them and the last couple of years, of how good they're going to be for the future. They're five and five. Like they're still alive in the AFC South, I mean East, yeah. because the the Dolphins are kind of you know not played great lately either. But they don't
0: play well. They played a good team.
1: So. Yeah, that's true. They don't play good teams. They <laughs> play really well, but other than that, they don't play great. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's weird. They're still alive, but like, I don't know. You brought up that Jay Cutler thing a couple of weeks ago. We talked about Well, you brought it up a couple months ago to me, but we talked about it on here a couple of weeks ago. It's it's just so up and down. They're just kind of average, and I just. I don't know, I feel like they're going to have to blow it up and if they don't make the playoffs or if they do and they get beat badly in the first game like I figure the coaching staffs the first to go, right? And then I would assume Diggs probably will ask to get traded or get out of there somehow and then it'll be Josh Allen and whoever else wants to come over to Buffalo, I guess. I don't I don't know. It's just a weird situation for them to be in at this point.
0: Yeah, it seems bound to blow up for sure. Uh Josh Allen threw two interceptions today. No picks they're for two touchdowns and, uh, led the game winning drive. I mean, the, the throw was a pretty, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pretty bad throw and just happened to, you know, be successful because of the pass interference, but, and then another penalty, but I mean, either way they won the game, a win is a win. That's what it counts for as it's in the W column. So I don't know. It was a weird game. That's for dang sure.
1: That's yeah. Dang sure. Not what anybody expected. I'm sure.
0: There's a bunch of other games, obviously, this weekend, Um, as we normally do. We can't really sit here and talk about them all. There's a couple that we would like to talk about, of course, and we'll talk about that in a second, but we always have our little uh, rundown for the week, what was this, week 10? Week 10,
1: man, that's crazy. We're more than halfway through the season at this point.
0: Yeah, yeah. All right, our week 10 NFL rundown down. Let's do it. Let's get it. Even when faced against the laughingstock of the league, Sons, the Broncos, the Panthers and rookie quarterback Bryce Young cannot seem to get anything going. Bears defense held Carolina just over 200 yards on the day while registering three sacks. Tyson Bajant moves to 2-2 two and two in his young NFL career and accounts for two of the three wins this season for the Bears. Deontay Foreman handles the majority of the workload as Chicago takes it, 16-13. Langvigas Spiel. So happy this game was over by the time Church got out because absolutely nobody wanted to see this atrocity. Colts take on the Pats in Germany and deliver an absolute snoozer. The Patriots rushed for 167 yards and allowed only 10 points, but they lost. There have been 266 consecutive wins in the NFL when rushing for 150 or more and allowing 10 or less points, this being the first loss. Like it may be time for Bill to call it quits, Colts win 10-6. to
1: I guess there was a game in Germany?
0: In what seemed like a must-win for a playoff-aspiring Bengals team, it was the visiting Texans who had other plans. C.J. Stroud keeps showing his tenacity and star power each week on the field. The Southern California kid went to Cincy this week and led his team to a big win, including a 55-yard drive to set up the game-winning field goal. Burroughs Bengals cannot keep dropping games if they want us any shot in the playoff race. Texans grabbed the wild-card spot with this win, 30-27. Josh Dobbs is now 2-0 under center in Minnesota. After he was able to get a full week of practice in, Dobbs led the Vikings to another impressive win over our top five Saints defense. Dobbs lost for 268 yards and a touchdown and rushes for another 44 and a score. Mini looks to have themselves a nice backup to Kirk. Maybe they even move forward with him. We'll save that for another day. The Vikings beat the Saints yesterday, 27-19.
1: Dobbs keeps it rolling, and the Vikings play- playoff hopeless alive.
0: The Steelers keep finding a way to win. Packers really do not have a future of the franchise would love. Steelers were outgained yet again, but find themselves with a the dub. Both Harrison and Warren find Pater and Rush for a combined 183 yards. Pickens still struggles. This run game and defense seems to be all they need. Steelers improved to 6-3 as they beat the Pack 23-19. Titans are calling it quits, of course, so this shouldn't be a surprise, as they were held to just 209 yards in Tampa. Mayfield tosses two touchdowns, one being to Mike Evans, who went off for 143 yards also. Neither team doing much towards the postseason. The Bucs take this one, 20-6.
1: This was a game of two mediocre teams, yeah. if you ask me.
0: Not how I thought this would go. But looking back, it makes sense. Niners came prepared for this one and showed everyone why they should still be considered Super Bowl favorites. McCaffrey's end zone streak comes to an end at 17, but almost everyone else on the Niners scored yesterday. The Jags looked extremely overwhelmed as they were the first to see the Bosa-Young combo in the NFL, and it did not disappoint. Niners cruised to an easy one, 34-3. The battle of the AFC North gets even tighter after this weekend. The Browns traveled to Baltimore to take on the Ravens in a game that lived up to the hype. These two powerhouses went back and forth all game until late pick six for the Browns put them on striking distance with eight minutes left, down one. A quick stop and a lengthy drive for a game-winning field goal resulting in the Browns walking away with a victory, 33-31.
1: Game of the weekend for sure.
0: Kyler seems interested in playing. Oh, Now that the Cards are in position to have a high draft pick, he's getting nervous about being replaced. In his first game back, he leads a game-winning drive for a field goal with about two minutes to play. Cards now move to 2-8 and eight instead of 1-9 I was hoping for. The Falcons are in a tough spot right now with no franchise quarterback and seem to be second-guessing going all-in on Desmond Ritter. Cardinals win this one 25-23. In what was the highest scoring game of the weekend, the Bolts and Lions battled it out in L.A., and now the 7-2 Lions take this nail-biter in the end. Goff and Herbert combined for 656 yards and 6 touchdowns. This back-and-forth affair really showed us that the Lions are legitimately good and should be considered a top NFC team. Chargers did what they always do, lose at the end. Lions kicked the game-winning field goal with 2 seconds left and win it 41-38.
1: Lions could win the NFC North, maybe even more.
0: The Cowboys were licking their chops at this matchup after the beatdown they put on them in Week One. The Cowboys did something historic yesterday. Boys outgained the Giants by 468 yards, the largest margin of victory in franchise history. After racking up 640 and only allowing 172, the Cowboys can't get any more freebies from New York this season. Take the season series to nothing while outscoring them 89 to 17 was win this one, 49-17. Both Sam Howell and Gio Smith looked fantastic yesterday. Seahawks hold the commanders to 68 rushing yards, as Sam Howell has to do it all, like always. He actually leads the league in attempts, completions, and yards. Seattle does just enough to win this one. Take it at home, 29 26 Jason McIntyre was in the end zone, having a party in Vegas supporting his Jets. The game was nat material, but did get interesting late. Zach Wilson had a last-second heat for a touchdown to win, and it was all but in Garrett Wilson's hands. Even with the defender right there, he almost secures it. But the defender swatted the ball at the last second. Problem was that defender was his teammate and in tight end, Tyler Conklin. Jets lose in Vegas as Antonio Pierce, Mount Zach Reppin', moves to 2-0 and since becoming head coach of his favorite team. Raiders win 16-12. to
1: Ooh. <sighs> Another <sighs> good... Rundown. Wait till uh, we have no more bye weeks for teams, and there's a couple more games extra to do every week too. By the way, <laughs> oh, more work,
0: work. It's still fun though. Super fun. So that was good. I hope you liked that
1: one. Yeah, and and uh, maybe years, maybe you'll be done with your international uh, languages that you'll have to learn too for the for the.
0: Yeah, no. maybe. I don't know how many more international games there are, but... I anyways, can't imagine anybody, too many. <laughs> you know, any German people watching out there, I hope I didn't do it bad. It was supposed to be games boring. Boring <laughs> game. So, that's 10 to 6, dude. What a terrible one. Yeah. I don't even want to talk about it. It was so boring. I feel bad we for that. We have some games that we do want to talk about, so we might as well move into those. Uh, we got three, I think, that we picked out. There's plenty that we could, but honestly, there's a bunch of other stuff on the slate, so we're kind of trying to limit it to what we could. Uh, the first one, though, that we're going to talk about is that AFC North battle that happened. Uh, the game that you said was game of the week in your opinion, yep. and really brought the Ravens, kept them close within this division. Had, like you said before the show started, had the Bengals won, everybody in this division would be six and three or yeah. better, with the Ravens being seven and three. What do you make of this one, dude?
1: Dude, what a game! I was actually since I didn't have to work the game for the Ducks yesterday until like two o'clock. I had me all morning watching this game on TV, and man, I could not watch it. I could not look away. It was a great game back and forth. Um, man, the Ravens, dude, they, they are really good. Obviously, I picked on to win the Super Bowl, so I want them to win a lot of games. But the Browns are legit, man. Uh, they were down, you know, I think two touchdowns in like the fourth quarter early, and they battled back and ended up winning this game. It's, I mean, the AFC North is a bloodbath. I mean, even like the Steelers, the Ravens, the Browns, I mean, I mean, Dude, that is that is not going to be easy. And I, I would. Is it possible they could all make the playoffs? Is that is that possible?
0: Uh, yeah. If the Browns would have won, they would have been in the spot. But the Texans won, so uh, they're in the last wild card spot. So yes.
1: Dang, that would be crazy if the whole division makes the playoffs. <laughs>
0: I mean I don't know how it will come to the end because obviously what, what what the reason why it makes it more difficult is because they will play each other. Of course. As going forward, of course. Obviously so that's going to knock each other down as opposed to them all just continuously winning. Um but other than that, yeah. I mean they were like I said had the Texans not be the Bengals.
1: Yeah. Well, that's we'll the game that we're talking to, about. I'll say yeah, way. we'll get to that one a little bit. <laughs> this
0: game was this game was something for me too. Um the, Beng- the Bengals, the Browns are doing what they've been doing all season that people really haven't been talking about. Well, except us. We mentioned that through the first five games, they've only had 1,000 yards. It was this gentleman on the screen and his pick six that really kept them in the game because the Ravens had the ball and were driving, and they were, they were down uh, eight at the time. So the pick six brought them within one, and they were able to make sure that the next defensive timeout, they were able to get the stop and set up the drive for the game-winning field goal. It was pretty, pretty good, man. And they did that. The crazy part was, dude, and like we had talked about in the previous episode, was the point that we thought the Ravens had was that they were at home. Yeah, so this was all on the road for the Raven, or for the Browns, and took it to them. This has been their freaking uh, older big brother that's been beating them up for like a decade plus. And then they come back and beat you, damn.
1: Yeah, not not good. So, like I said, those fan bases probably don't like each other at all. And is this? Oh, that was already the second time they played this year, huh? Uh, we'll have to look because if there's another one coming late in the season, that's going to, and it really comes down to like division battles, that's going to be a lot of fun. But I got to, th- I know they played the Bengals early. I don't know if they played the Browns the first half of the season or not yet, but definitely going to have to look into that and see because if, like I said, if there's a second matchup coming still, woo, in Cleveland?
0: Ravens won 28 to 3 in Cleveland.
1: Ooh, man, so they each won on each other's home field. Okay, well, that makes it a little more interesting if they play in the playoffs. Kind of a toss up game, regardless.
0: Dang. One of the games that was also really back and forth like this, but uh, not necessarily division and not as intense, obviously, just because the Chargers are involved. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> Lions come to LA. Uh, Goff, Herbert, huge game. Like I said in the rundown, combined for 656 yards and six touchdowns. Honestly, Herbert was four of them. So let's not pretend like he was three and three. Yeah. Uh, but he did throw a pick as well. So, um, Overall, good game for both teams. Honestly, to me, this one was who has the ball last. Yep. It happened to be Goff and the Lions, and they just drove down with two minutes left. They got the ball with two minutes left, and the field goal with, like, four seconds left, and called it a
1: day. Called it a day. Yeah, exactly right. But not only That's that, it, I mean, okay, let's be honest. When when they hired Dan Campbell, and he did that press conference about biting kneecaps, we all were like, what the hell? This guy's crazy. Like He's not going to be there more than yeah. two years. You know, he's going to get fired. Nobody's going to like him. But they all love him. They obviously play for him and care, and like they have shown up. And when they had the ball late, I think there was about maybe just under two minutes or about the two-minute mark, there was a fourth and two. And if the Lions could have kicked the field goal, taken the lead 41-38, and then just hoped that Herbert and them wouldn't be able to go down the field and tie the game before the end of the clock. But Dan Campbell and them decided, no, we're going to go for it on fourth and two, and they're going to get it, and then they're going to waste the clock down and kick the game-winning field goal so that they don't have to even worry about Herbert having an option to come back and, and possibly tie or even win the game. Dan Campbell has balls, as I believe uh, Jared Goff said in his press conference yesterday after the game. Lions are legit. They won again. I I mean, 7-2. and two. Who would have thought the Lions would be 7-2? I thought they were going to be good, but not this good. Not me.
0: I did think the Lions were going to be good, and the reason why I didn't pick them to win the division a lot is because... I thought they were going to Lion. Yeah?
1: <laughs> yeah, Clippers Clip, Chargers Charge, Lion's Lion. I mean, I, I makes sense. I totally understand. But, you know, like I said, they're 7-2. They're legit, and you mentioned in the rundown when you talked about their game, they are legit NFC contenders and are right up there for maybe even more Super Bowl contenders. They. Could you imagine if the Lions make the Super Bowl? What in the world would be going on?
0: Alright, let's not talk about crazy. <laughs> yeah, maybe we should maybe we should move on topics because you're gonna get a little, carried away. Get a little <laughs> carried away. The other game we wanted to talk about is actually the one that we were kind of touching on and still references our first topic of the AFC North. Bengals Texans. Dude. Dude. <laughs> this game was better than I had thought. I know the Texans are good and I understand that CJ Stroud is doing work, but my goodness. The Bengals, I thought, had found something lately, and they really didn't seem to have found it completely, I guess. I understand it was a last second field goal, but mm, I don't know. Kind of disappointed in the Bengals because I really thought they were starting to get something rolling.
1: Yeah, and not only for the Texans to win, but in Cincinnati is the craziest part. Because if it was in Houston and they snuck out a winning, eh, okay, you know, got home crowd or whatever, feeling good. But like you said, CJ Stroud has been balling, man. I mean,. Mm. Just as a rookie quarterback coming out of Ohio State, they usually don't pan out well. It seems like the last few—I don't know—at least my lifetime. (laughs) Um, But yeah, man, he's been great, and the Texans have been good. Uh, D'Amico Ryan's, who's a defensive guy, was a linebacker, I believe, in his career, uh, has turned that defense around and made them, you know, respectable. And CJ Stroud, even though he's not playing with a lot of, um, I would say, well-known. Uh, weapons around him he is making the best of it not turning the ball over and keeping them in games and obviously giving them opportunities to win games uh that they probably that weren't expected to be in at all and now i mean we're week 10 we're talking about them being a wild card team or do they even maybe have a chance of winning the afc south which as a titans fan what the hell is going on down there in the south
0: <laughs> well not you i'll tell you that <laughs> And the nicest way possible, of course, my friend, because obviously I'm not doing much in the NFC West either. True, uh, but no, they're actually only one game back in Jacksonville for the division lead, and they just beat the or no, the yeah they just
1: yeah they beat them well, in they, Jacksonville. Yeah, they beat I, them
0: in Jacksonville. Yeah.
1: Oh, so it's man. not, yeah.
0: CJ, CJ, CJ is doing something with this team, and D'Amico Ryan's is turning around this team a lot faster than anybody thought. This was supposed to be a rebuild year, yeah. Get CJ Stroud, some reps, and all this kind of stuff. No, 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 they're go ahead and pass that. We're gonna go ahead and skip ahead and just get on down to the wild card spot. That's they took the wild card spot right here. Had the Bengals won, they'd be six and three and sitting there instead. They're tied and obviously lost the head to head, so yes. there's, that's why they're out. So, wow, yeah, it's not looking good. But there's more to the CJ Stroud story that you thought. Oh, deep! I know people have been talking about on, you know, the talking heads on TV and stuff, been talking about him for MVP. So I kind of wanted to do like a big analysis. I, I know I didn't show you before the show, but I wanted to, that's because I wanted to surprise you. I wanted to show you how freaking deep I did this analysis. Okay, check this out. Look what I put together here. Okay, ready, ready, ready. Real, real quick, real quick. For the YouTube audience, thank you so much for checking this out. <laughs> I take a lot of time to make all these things. For those listening to Spotify, believe me, I definitely appreciate you there. But if you ever have the time, go check us out on YouTube. Just search "R.V. from the bench. You can see all the pretty things I'm making, like this chart I'm about to show you. It really <laughs> breaks down this MVP conversation and why CJ Stroud should be included in it. Let me show you this, Corey. Okay, well, the real MVP, Ooh. please stand up, okay? Check yeah. this out, dude. So I went on to FanDuel, and I looked at the betting favorites to win NFL MVP. And in order, they are Patrick Mahomes, Jalen Hurts, Tua, of uh, right, of course. Lamar, Josh Allen, and C.J. Stroud. So wow. they, those are the top six. I wanted to include C.J. Stroud because, well, he's right there. He's yeah. right there, but he's, you know, there's plenty of people above him. Yeah, I bet right now on C.J. Stroud winning MVP, $100 wins you $2,000. Uh, compare that to a bet right now on Patrick Mahomes, $100 wins you $270. Mm. Still a nice win, but yeah. Uh, but, come on. when you start looking and breaking down the numbers, you start wondering— is Patrick Mahomes just in, because we're just always in awe of Patrick Mahomes? You could say, well, yeah, no, but Patrick Mahomes is different this year because he did all those other crazy things with Tyreek Hill, but he doesn't have any of those people this year. All right, okay. Well, tell me, tell me everybody who, like you were saying earlier, who is on the Houston Texans that this guy's throwing? For down? real? I think their top right out is Nico Collins right now. Who are yeah. some other ones you might know?
1: Uh, it's, Somebody, Dell. I don't remember the first name. but Tank Dell. Okay, Tank that, Del? one, that one came up in fantasy somewhere, I feel like, and then – I feel like I just picked... I feel like – is that a running back? I just picked up their running no. back. Who's the running back? No, that's
0: then? Noah Brown. That's another wide outfit.
1: No, there's he a running a back out. that does – apparently he's gotten like 12 carries the last few weeks. I don't know who he is. I picked him up in fantasy. So that's that's about the extent of what I know besides C.J. Stroud on the – That's here, what I'm trying to say Texans. is he has no
0: weapons. So yeah. No <laughs> weapons. So if you look at the chart here, there's basically five categories that I kind of look down. Some of them are, are obvious, and the other one I kind of threw in just because I feel like it, it kind of tells a story. Okay? Completion percentage yards, touchdown to interception. Um, yards per completion and qbr okay we're not going to go yeah. through the entire chart you can see it for yourself again check us out on youtube just search rb from the bench you can check out the chart uh, let me know if you think that cj stroud is kind of more of a favorite if you think you'd be willing to throw this hundred dollars down two g's <laughs> if he does it uh let us know what you're thinking down in the comment section okay leading in completion percentage Josh Allen, 71.3% completion percentage amongst the MVPs leads
1: them. Kind of shocked by that.
0: This is where CJ Stroud, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Especially because, oh, maybe they account when they throws it to the other team. (laughs) Because the other guy catches it.
1: Lately, Um, for real.
0: Yeah, lately, yeah, seriously. Uh, This is where CJ Stroud, though, kind of takes the cake he of the people he doesn't have the most yards in the league but of the people who have the nfl that's sam howell of the people who have the nfl who have the mvp who are in the mvp race especially those above him he leads them in yards um uh, not by much he's just above two by about 15 yards or so but still okay. he's ahead he leads them in touchdowns to interception you know ratio he only has 15 which is behind you know a handful of them all had lamar because honestly lamar we'll talk about that in a second, but. 10 and 5 for Lamar Jackson. Not great. Just no. over a 10. Wow. Yeah. he He's not really thought They just run first team, I guess, right? Huh. Even with all those receivers that they got. Remember that? Yeah. I was going to say, I thought the way that the,
1: uh, the offense was, they would do more passing. So I'm kind of shocked that his numbers are that low and that high on the interception side, especially 2 to 1 right? ratio. Wow. And when
0: you look at this, Exactly. When you look at these teams, you, you can name receivers for all of the people, especially in the middle. Yep. Maybe not for Patrick Mahomes besides Travis Kelsey. He does have some, you know, not so much. We, like, we had to go look it up. We can't name any for CJ Stroud. No. He's a rookie. Yeah, okay? that's the thing. 15 to 2. He's on the least amount of interceptions amongst all of them. And Lamar doesn't count. He's still three under him. This wow. is where I kind of wanted to tell the story. Okay. He leads them in yards per completion, not yards per attempt, because. That kind of just shows that he might be throwing the ball anywhere. But whether it's actually completed, now granted this will run after, but don't you think Tyree kind of helps with that? Well, yeah, he's 1.1 yards above for uh, completion above Tua. And he's got Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddell, and all yeah, the that's, guys. That's complete. the crazy
1: part. That's what I'm saying. That he doesn't have anybody. So that's
0: why. So that's why I kind of knocked down his percentage a little bit because his completion percentage is the worst of all of them. But there's two things. One, he's a rookie. Yeah. Obviously. It's his first time in the NFL. He's got nine games in, right? Second is exactly what I just said. He's airing this ball out. There was a stat that I saw. He has the most um, big pass plays uh, with 43, and that's actually completions, so you don't even understand the ones where he's throwing for it. Yeah, exactly. So I feel like that's kind of adding, besides, like I said, to the rookie part, to the lower percentage. And then, of course, this kind of shocked me too. His QBR is right in line with uh, Lamar, Tua, and Jalen. Only Pat and... Josh Allen are in the seventies and Josh Allen actually leads them in QBR with seventy five point three. Huh. But honestly, CJ Sound has a really good case. They're five and four, one game back in the division If they can win the division and he yes. keeps putting up numbers like this and completes, let's just pretend this doubles and he goes thirty and four in his rookie season with over five thousand yards.
1: Even if he Ooh. went even if he went 25 and five in his rookie year that'd be amazing and if he gets the Texans into the playoffs or even wins a division especially I mean we all came in thinking oh Jags are gonna win the AFC South like for sure because I at least I did as a Titans fan because the Titans were done Uh, I figured the Texans were a year or two away from really competing and the Colts were kind of in disarray especially with the Jonathan Taylor thing at the start of the season so kind of left it wide open for Jacksonville but they struggled early and have caught on fire lately until they got that beat down they got yesterday from the Niners. But, man, C.J. Stroud's got them right there. The two games there already beat them in Jacksonville. They're going to feel good when Jacksonville comes to town, whenever that is in the back end of the season. Uh, I mean, the Texans are good. They'll probably beat the Titans a couple times, which I hate to say it, but that's probably going to happen. Especially because it's weird. I, I'm not. I don't like the Texans because they hate the Titans so much. Because of the whole, like, they left and took the Oilers name right. and logo, and then we have that jersey as a throwback, and they don't get to wear it, and they kind of get all pissed off. It's kind of a whole thing because Bud Adams hated the city when he left, which I, for one thing, i am like, yeah, well, yeah, that's cool. If that's what you want to be mad about, but also, like, kind of rooting for him. Like, it's cool. Like, them in Jacksonville, I usually I'm, like, so anti, anti both of them, but, yeah, <clears throat> eh, if one of them wins a division, especially if they both make the playoffs, eh, screw it up, man. Ruin the playoffs. Make it weird. <laughs>
0: Just not the Colts, right?
1: Yeah, no, no. Never never the Colts. Never the Colts. <laughs> it's Too many bad the memories. Actually,
0: the Texans actually come back um, and host the Jags the Sunday after Thanksgiving. So we do more Sundays. So they host the Cardinals this upcoming weekend, and then they host the Jags the weekend after. So Ooh, uh,
1: we'll That's going to be, be good.
0: That showdown actually fairly soon
1: sweet i'm excited okay that's gonna be like rivalry weekend for college football basically is what's gonna happen yeah so.
0: kind of i guess all right yeah okay. same weekend true yeah, yeah. all right cool I'm excited <clears throat> but i I'm thought this was f- interesting
1: weird i never thought i'd be excited for a texans jags game <laughs> right yeah, <seriously. laughs> what is happening the titles, in the world I don't, know. I don't know but they're
0: making it interesting those young quarterbacks man cj yeah. stroud and uh, Trevor Lawrence, they're going to be teaming up, or not teaming up, but going head-to-head against each other. It's going to be exciting to see.
1: I just got to figure out who the Titans are going to do that with for a long time against those guys.
0: <laughs> We're going to move on to baseball. Yes. It's baseball awards week, and the first award was handed out today. Woo! Let's get a round of applause for Corbin Carroll. Yes. National League Rookie of the Year. Well-deserved, my friend. Hell Gunnar yeah. Anderson american league of the year
1: well Baltimore. deserved as well he is uh both
0: guys killed it yeah both guys turned their bottom dwelling franchises into playoff teams obviously it's a team they had help but you know what i mean yeah They're no major parts of it uh, and they showed why they deserved it man and especially corbin by continuing all the way to the world series so oh,
1: man what a, what a wild ride and good season and for Corbin to get that award, and again, we talked about it before, he's already signed up for another seven years. There's no contract or arbitration to worry about. It's like a pretty team-friendly deal also because of the how early they signed him. Um, excited to see what they kind of build around him. I know we've been seeing a couple like rumors of what the Dimebacks are going to look into in the offseason and what to add, so kind of excited to see what they'll do here. Um, but yeah, him and Gunnar Henderson, man, this is like the future of the of the league, man. These guys are like eight, these guys are what, like 21, 22 years old? uh i mean just in the thick of it if both these teams can continue to compete and uh you know at least get in the playoffs every year and maybe more people across the country will actually know who the dimebacks are and and i mean everybody knows who the orioles are they just haven't been good for a while so it's nice to see them competing and having uh some some real good talent there again and actually maybe having like an opening of a window to compete for real for a few years
0: i think our world series appearance helped us a little bit with that hopefully Definitely getting the name out there. People pay attention regardless of what anybody thinks. Oh, nobody wants to care about that. Yeah, sure, maybe viewership's been down, but viewership's been down regardless, to be honest, from what I've seen. So, yeah. What we want to do, though, is the one – since this is award week, uh, not all of the awards have been given out. So we're going to try to predict them, and we're going to go in the order in which they are coming out, starting with tomorrow's award. Is going to be boom, manager boom. of the year for both uh, division or both leagues will be announced. The finalists for National League are Craig Council, Skip Schumacher, and Brian Snitker. Dang, Brian Snitker still in Atlanta. She... Yeah,
1: still there. <laughs>
0: who we got in American
1: League? <sighs> the American League, it's who actually. Who do we have? Here? Oh, I was gonna say, do you want me to list the American League first? Oh, yeah, okay, all right. Uh, American League: The uh, nominees come down to Bruce Bochy, which not really shocking there. Kevin Cash and uh, Brandon Hyde, which really can't really argue with those. Those two, the last two, were in the same division and battled for the best record in the American League all year, so can't really be shocked I mean, with literally all year. Yeah, yeah, to the to the last weekend, so yeah, <laughs> can't really be shocked with the with the nominees. I I have to be a little honest though. I'm shocked that Council's on the list. For finalists but he's not gonna be there next year <laughs> that's very strange to me that he's gonna could possibly win this award but not be on the team that he won the award for when he gets it like that's kind of weird
0: that's just how freaking good he is apparently <laughs> he's just so wanted by everybody else that they're just ripping him out of the Milwaukee bull, bull uh, dugout so
1: it's very strange it's very no. strange but uh as far crime as who I, I didn't think...
0: think it's a crime the— <laughs> Tory isn't on here.
1: Yeah, well, that's
0: this is ridiculous. I think um, I think part of that though is, my guess is is that Craig Council's getting it. But while all these teams made the playoffs, none of those teams. I know this isn't based on the playoffs. Yeah, I understand, right? So I get that I keep factoring in the playoffs, but it's hard not to think about it later when you're just like. How do you not even consider some – we were good last year. Now we're in the playoffs and make it all the way to the World Series. I feel like you should consider some of that. I understand it's a regular season award because that way it doesn't limit the possibility of other people who don't make the playoffs from winning it. Yeah. Still, I feel like maybe you might consider any consideration if they're already chosen. But So I think it's a crime that Tori's not on here. Uh, but anyways, I guess uh, the guy who won it is the guy who we swept in the first round in Milwaukee. But.
1: Well, I mean, not necessarily. I, I mean, I, I would, I'm really thinking uh, Skip Schumacher should win it. I mean, the Marlins were not in the playoffs last year. They weren't very good. And he goes in there as a first year manager and gets them in as a wild card. Now, they did lose to Philly in two games, but Philly's also the defending NLC, NL champs. So it's not easy to go in there and win. And I'm a big fan of Skip Schumacher, to be honest. He was a, utility guy kind of played i think like 10 or 12 years in the league he was i remember him. in san diego as i think a first base coach he started there for a few years and then he was a bench coach for st louis last year which is where he played for a few years i don't know i just always liked him he kind of reminds me of dave roberts one of those guys who just always was like a grinder and low-key guy on the team but has like a good vibe and is just a baseball guy so I, I kind of hope that he wins it. I mean, Snicker could win just because they won the best record in baseball, but they were in the playoffs the year before and won the World Series the year before that. It's not like they weren't good at, for the last few years, and all of a sudden Atlanta was really, really, really good. Like we can admit that he is a nice, he is a good coach, but I don't think he's manager. I, I'm thinking it's Skip Schumacher in the NL for sure.
0: Speaking of Skip, I feel like those those types of players that you're talking about, like, um, they're good because they have to be.
1: They have to know everything in a
0: lot of different facets. Yeah, they have to know everybody, right? They they, they have to know all the positions because they have to play, like you said, the different positions. Mm-hmm. They have to know everybody that they're behind, right? They just get to know people. That's kind of what keeps them stick around. They're not the great, but they're not bad. Yeah, um, he knows like the ins and outs. He knows the the fundamentals because he doesn't have overwhelming talent. So. background so it's good to have it and i feel like it, it works out well when it comes to the managing because other players can see it and i feel like other players respect former players
1: yeah and i think the other position that is always uh really good for managing at least if, if i'm looking back and at a lot of them is catchers catchers tend to be really good managers yeah, too makes- mike Sosha, <laughs> bob Brenly, bruce Bochi i believe was a catcher like a lot because again you have to know every facet of the team and what's going on and who's got to be where and Different signs for everything, so you kind of are managing on the field in a sense. It's kind of like a point guard from as being a coach on the on the court, as they say. So, I I mean, that's just kind of always been one of those things I've always remembered. Is coaches from baseball is usually utility guys and the catchers. Those are like the most most prominent positions that usually take like over. About
0: Craig Council's a utility guy, kind of exactly. Yeah, more infield only utility guy, but he's not just a. Uh... Average, uh, you know, just good enough, but not bad. You need him on your team. Yeah, You know, good in the locker room. Heck you know, yeah. All those types of things.
1: I <laughs> mean, he did win two World Series. That's not an accident.
0: <laughs> so this is Tuesday's. Uh, Wednesday's award is going to be the Cy Young. Of course, they saved the best for last with MVP. So this is the Cy Young. In the National League, we have Zach Gallen, Diamondback, Woo! Blake Snell, and Logan Webb. All of the National League West, like you had mentioned yeah, earlier. Yeah, kind of weird, didn't right? notice at first. Yeah. Who do we have in the American League?
1: American League, it's going to be Garrett Cole, uh, Kevin Gossman, and Sonny Gray, which then you got two guys from the ALE. So only th- three divisions between six guys represented in these uh, finalists. That's kind of weird.
0: <laughs> that is pretty weird. Every single one of these uh, on the American League, I believe, made— Oh, no, 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 no. not Garrett Cole. Dang, a lot of these people didn't make the playoffs. Only half of these players make the playoffs. And that's the thing. That's true. Especially, that's what irritates me. Let me start with the National League. I have a feeling that Zach Allen is not even going to be really even considered for this award. Nope. Which is really annoying because not only did he do not necessarily better individually completely, but these ones, none of what, nobody's like stands out, like what Garrett Cole is probably doing. I'll get to that in a moment. But nobody really stands out here. Like they have Logan Webb, I think, has the most innings pitched, but only by like six. He only yeah. has like six more than, than Zach Allen. Well, okay, well, that's one. That's like one start. Who cares? So he's one more start. Like, Oh, wow. He, like, that's nothing. Okay. Not only that, neither of those two guys even made the playoffs. Again, I don't. I understand. It doesn't matter. Blah, blah, blah. But I feel like it should be considered like a tad. So I don't know. I have a feeling. I don't know. I guess Blake Snell's going to win it. Probably. I it's just whatever.
1: Yeah, Snell, Snell's probably going to win it because he's got, I think, the lowest ERA, which is usually a a big marker for the Cy Young Award that they look for. Um, and like you said, Gallen did great and had a good year. I mean, he also started the All-Star game, if I remember correctly. that's He was the guy who did that, so that's pretty good. Um, but like you said, this is a regular season award, and the fact that it took us so long to clinch the wildcard spot until like literally the last day or the second-to-last day of the season, I think a lot of people just don't really think about the Diamondbacks and pay attention to anything they do. So I'm with you. It's probably going to be Snell in the NL, but – you know, is what it is at that point, and it's just weird that all three are from the ANOS, though. That is kind of bizarre. Hey, not one of them is the Dodgers. That's cool.
0: <laughs> yeah, good. Screw the Dodgers.
1: <laughs> uh, but as far as the AL Cy Young, I don't know if there's much really to talk about. I mean, you you want to go into the details with the numbers, but I'm pretty sure we're both going to go with Cole on this one, right?
0: Yeah, it's, it's kind of a, Garrett Cole, and it's really not even close. Yeah, he's he. There's this weird statistic that I saw. It's uh. How many – like his uh, his ratio of Cy Young – like there's some sort of Cy Young quotient, and it's like how close you've gotten to winning a Cy Young without winning a Cy Young, oh, and he is the second all-time. And what they do is basically calculate like how many times you've gotten second place and all those types of things, right? Like how many points you've gotten uh, and how close you've gotten, how far you've gotten, how many times you've gotten but never won, and he is second all-time in that. Wow. This year, Cole went 15-4 and four with a 2.63 ERA. Leading, and the Yankees were terrible. So I was just going to say, that's the shocking like part. Line. Yeah, so that's pretty good. That's not terrible. Uh, led the AL in ERA, innings pitched, batting average allowed, on-base percentage allowed, and OPS. Jeez. Yeah. He only ranks segment to Gosman in strikeouts. So basically almost first in every major statistical category. He's the runaway leader in war... Uh, over Gray, who's on here, from 7.4 to 5.3. So two whole yeah, you know, wins above replacement. It was a tight race until maybe mid-August because uh, Otani was, like, doing good. Apparently, he could probably just win both, right? <laughs> oh, my uh, God, um... that's true. But yeah, Cole had uh, a really good stretch at the end. He went 5-0 at the end with a 1.29 ERA over his final seven starts. Lowered his ERA from 3.03 to 2.63 in those five starts. Yes, the Yankees missed the playoffs for the first time since 2016. But obviously, we could see it wasn't Garrett Cole's fault.
1: Not when you go fifteen and four with an ERA under two point seven. Like, what mm-hmm. in the world okay. is going on? That is some. And you know the the crazy thing is, remember when he was in Houston, he had like some really good years there, and they talked about how like the spin ray was he using Spider Tack and all that. And then there was like when that whole like no more sticky stuff, we're gonna check your gloves. Garrett Cole kind of had like he a year where now. he wasn't great. You know, he was kind of like. Eh. Mm-hmm. But now that Learn. that is all kind of situated itself, he's obviously figured out a new, you know, mechanic or thing to do instead, and has got back in his game. But like you said, it, it's good for him, but it didn't do anything for the Yankees because they they didn't have any offense to try to you know get into the playoffs back this mark. year.
0: Nope. Ugh. The last and final award is the coveted, of course, MVP. This one's going to be given out on Thursday.
1: I, kind mean, of, I think uh, we already know, don't one we? One
0: is nothing really to talk about. Yeah. And one is kind of something to talk about. So let's get this one out of the way. American League. We've got Shohei Otani, Corey Seager, and Marcus Simeon. Two finalists from the Rangers who obviously made it into the World Series. Yep. Uh, Obviously, we could see why they won it. That doesn't feel so bad now that I
1: think about it. You know what I mean? Yeah, it does make you back and then be like, you, know, you know they they're a pretty good team. <laughs> maybe maybe they weren't uh maybe they weren't like that bad and we uh, actually probably shouldn't have beat them. So I guess it's not that weird. Yeah, that's okay.
0: It would have been fun to do it. it, oh, it uh, this one's great. obviously just show haze right? You said there was a time where they just took it off the bet. You can't even bet anymore because it
1: was Yeah, a- I don't even I want to say it was like late August, early September they uh, they talked about it on the radio and some shows that I listened to uh, how you can't even bet on the AL MVP anymore because they, everyone knows Shohei's going to get it, especially once he was injured and his numbers weren't going to change. Uh, they pretty much locked it up, so they took off the board. Um, so, yeah, this is a, basically a no-brainer, I think. I don't know if it'll be unanimous. I would I would hope so, but you never know. You probably get some local Texas American guys person. who okay. get a vote or two uh, for them. But uh, the big one, I think, is a no-doubter for sure also is the NL one. I mean, you look at Acuna... Betts and Freeman again, two guys on one team. The Dodgers being represented here in the finalist. Uh, but Acuna did stuff that like has never been done before, and not just like, yeah. Oh, one game he had like this crazy game. Like he had what was it, seventy yeah. steals? Tw- I mean, it's just thirty home runs. It's 30 just plus home runs. Yeah, it's just astronomical numbers and things. The Braves have the best record in baseball. I mean, it just all lines up for him to to get it right.
0: Yeah, it should. Yeah, he's like you said. He shattered freaking records that were just unheard of. He was there was a there was nobody in the thirty sixty club. No. And then he made a thirty seventy. Club. <laughs> he said, "I don't know. I'm gonna get more. Thank you, though." And no, wait, did he make the forty seventy club? I feel like he made. I feel like. Oh my Ryan god! If
1: he did, 20. that's even crazier. The fact that he's creating clubs, multiple like... t- clubs within one season for himself, is kind of ridiculous, right? But again, I don't. I don't think there's a no doubt on any of these. I think it's Shohei for sure in the AL, and I think it's Acuna for sure in the NL. I just is what it is.
0: He was a forty seventy club. Okay, forty
1: seventy didn't quite get to eighty. <laughs> yeah, All,
0: we, we, we he, there was nobody in thirty sixty.
1: Well, next year he's got to go fifty eighty, so he's got the bar set high. Good luck next year, Acuna. <laughs> <a> Freaking break. <laughs>
0: 41 home runs and 73
1: stolen bases. Not enough. I mean, let's be honest, dude. Shohei next year, regardless of where he signs, hopefully not a Dodger, but regardless of where he signs, since he's not pitching and he's only focused on batting, I wouldn't be shocked if he's battling for like a triple crown. I mean, he's just going to be batting and hitting the crap out of the ball every day. They're going to be DH him. It's not going to have to play in the field. So maybe Shohei hits 50. He'll probably want to play in the field, like first base or something
0: in the field.
1: Has he ever played in the field before? Is that a thing?
0: I mean, I know he's not supposed to throw, but why not? Fuck
1: it. Oh, man. I don't know. I don't know if, I, if I'm but a team that just gave years. him a five, five or six year big money field? deal. I don't know if I'm taking that, op- that chance. Because especially if you wanted to pitch again in the future, you know what I mean? You still wanted to pitch at some point. Yeah, true.
0: It's That's
1: just true. a matter of just DH. who gives him what money.
0: I guess you could hit every game. That's fun
1: enough, right? Just right? get 50 home runs, 100 RBIs. No big deal. You can do it.
0: Well, I'm voting for Ronald. Well done, man. Well done. Yeah. Hopefully you win it. I think you will. A little bit more news in the MLB. A quick note on the Astros. Obviously, we talked about how Dusty Baker retired, and so obviously they have a vacancy. Astros promote bench coach to manager Joe Espada. This is his first managerial position. He's a bench coach for the Astros since 2018. Oh, wow. Being born in Puerto Rico, actually, he is the second Latino manager of the Astros behind only Cuban-born Preston Gomez, who actually only coached for or managed for one year. Uh, He signed a three-year deal. Uh, interviewed, actually, for a bunch of other spots, but was always turned down. Hmm. Uh, when quoted and asked about it, GM Dana Brown said, We wanted to continue the success here in Houston. We came up with the right man for the job. Our fans deserve it. I was looking for someone with leadership skills, someone who could communicate, someone who would collaborate, and ultimately someone who was humble. I've had a chance to talk to Joe Espada almost the whole year. We've had great conversations. We hit it off early, and I think without question, Joe was a good fit for the job. So, Apparently we'll see. I mean, yeah, I don't know much about him. I don't either. Coach, but
1: we'll and I, I, think part of it is is a continuity thing for the clubhouse. Like the guy's been there for a while. The guys know him. He kind of he right. knows them and how they work and the kind of how they Apparently, go about their day. Favorite. Yeah. Well, then, yeah, that's definitely a big thing. And uh, you know, Dusty Baker, who was a, a a player's coach before, and that's how they got them win. I mean, he took them to the ALCS every year. He was there, if not the World Series, uh, when they won and yeah. lost as well. So. You know, it's again, it's a continuity thing. Uh, they all know each other. Just kind of keep doing what you're doing. Maybe you do some shuffling with the rest of the the coaching staff. If anything, maybe just add somebody to take somebody else's spot. And uh, they'll just keep chugging along and see if, uh, you know, Houston can keep doing this thing. God, I really hope they can just stop winning. I'm really sick and tired of them. Because the fact that they've won again with everybody watching them and continue to get to the ALCS for seven years in a row, it's just like, oh, it's so annoying. Like, I just don't want to do it anymore. <laughs>
0: Yeah, they could just be average now. That's yeah, right. like go away. Either like losing a wild cut round or just barely miss it, you know.
1: That's next it. next year might be that year. Let's hope.
0: All right. Enough of baseball for now. We're right into the thick of and towards the end of college football. football. Week eleven just finished. Moving in. Still the top top five is exactly how it was after this weekend. Which is kind of annoying because there's teams that are beating ranked teams on the road and apparently doesn't mean anything. So it's kind yeah. of annoying, but whatever. Um, there's another, I, there's obviously everyone's playing. What's noted on the screen is just uh, notable matchups. Only two real weeks left of college football. There's some uh, conference tourney or conference championships, obviously, but really we've got uh, rivalry week yep. and then this throwaway week. Um,
1: yeah, for real. Yikes. I don't know. So what kind of games?
0: Yeah, the two biggest ones this week are just Georgia. Second-ranked uh, second, second ranked Georgia at 13th-ranked Tennessee. This is Georgia's biggest test on the road, I believe, so far this season until, obviously, they play Alabama for the SEC Championship. I don't know if that's going to be in Alabama. I'm sure it's going to be at neutral site. Yeah, it'll be
1: um, probably in Atlanta, I would guess, at the Mercedes-Benz. Uh, yeah. Mercedes
0: bins, no? at the, how neutral is that though yeah oh, for yeah, real neutral. right where is it oh it's in georgia yeah oh, okay <laughs> it's just a couple
1: hours from where they go to school no big deal <laughs> Yeah,
0: exactly um but but this weekend they have again if they don't if they don't win there they might be falling out again they might be falling out but going to tennessee they demolished nine old miss at home yeah this is their first real test because they've had all the toughest competitions so far at home you think they can take it still
1: yeah, I think it'll be more of a struggle for the first half because of their being on the road. And that, that place in Tennessee is crazy, man. They have, like, a, a huge entrance, and they have all these lights that they play. At, I think it's at the end of the third quarter. They have, like, a bounce song. I mean, the song they play with, like, these lights, it's crazy. It's just an insane play. I think they redid the stadium a couple of years ago to kind of help their pregame presentation, too. So it it is out of this world. Um, but, yeah, I think they're still going to win. It might be a little tougher than what they're expecting, but ultimately I I think they'll go down there and take care of business. I'm not really worried about Georgia losing any game until they see Alabama and then whoever in the college football playoff if they get there. That's the only real competition I feel yes. like Georgia has at this point.
0: Yeah, I saw a little bit of the game and they were playing Old Miss and it was pretty easy for them. Old Miss kept it close at the beginning, but that's because it's the beginning. Of course, yeah. you start zero zero, you start tied, You're gonna be close. Right. And it was pretty it was over pretty quickly though.
1: Yeah. That's kinda the other
0: one is yeah. The other one is Washington visiting 12 Oregon State. 5 Washington, 12 Oregon State. This is the last big test before the Pac-12 championship for Washington. Um, They're going on the road to the Beavers. Oh, no. Got to keep them. We need them to win.
1: Okay, I agree. We need them to win, but I'm nervous because I told you earlier in the year, weird things happen at Corvallis. Weird things happen at Corvallis. If anything, if they're gonna lose, but they beat somebody. I don't remember what game it was. It Utah that went there. I think we talked about it earlier in the year, or something like that. Yeah. And you were like, "Oh, Utah's gonna win." I was like, "Man, weird things happen, Corvallis." That's all I'm saying. SC's had some weird, like, fog games and stuff over the years. I, I just. This could be this could be also a trip up game because if you're Washington, you don't want to look too far ahead and just be like, oh, we got a rival week against Washington State, and then we're in the Pac-12 title game against and Oregon, Oregon, and then yep. let, you know, can't can't get too far ahead of yourself. So you gotta hope this isn't a trip up yeah. game, especially being a road game.
0: Yeah, because if they do win out and beat Oregon, I do think that moves them. If everybody seems to win, which obviously is impossible, because either Ohio State or Michigan has to lose because they play each other. Correct. Next week, that's the biggest one. Even if Florida State wins out. There's nobody really in the ACC that's ranked. Oregon is six. They are right there. So if Washington could be Oregon and just sweep all out, they deserve 100%. If not to be in the four and top four, they deserve to be at least three. Yeah. If the Big Ten team wins out and Georgia can win out, they can be one and two, whatever. I get the bias. Yeah. But they deserve to be three if not because um, they they would be beating just better competition.
1: Yeah, I completely agree. Those are the
0: two biggest ones. I want to talk one more thing about this as well? There was some news that was handed out. We talked about it, but we talked about it on Thursday, and Friday was the big news announcement that Jim Harbaugh was officially suspended. Yep. He was suspended for the last three regular season games. They were informed on Friday, which was about twenty hours or so before kickoff on Saturday morning. So, uh, JJ McCarthy just tweeted, "Bet," when he had heard the news. This was right before they went to Happy Valley, like you were saying, to go play tenth-ranked Penn
1: State. Yeah, and not easy.
0: Actually, came out on top. They won this one. Did you check it out?
1: Didn't see it, but saw some highlights. And you know, I, I, Penn State's not an easy place to play. They were whited out like they usually do for these big rivalry games. But you know, Michigan, when when you have everybody looking at you like that, and you have the you have a target on your back, so to speak. I mean it either you either rise above the occasion or you falter down that's like the two options you have and i feel like that you know they just those guys are ranked for a reason they know they think they should be the ranked that they are if not better i guess depending on who you ask but they're not just gonna you know go into penn state and just let it let all that outside noise or things get in the way they're just they're there to play football and even without hardball on the sideline i mean they have the coaching staff ready to go and a plan that's situated and Man, they they continue to keep winning. Man, they they're just really good.
0: Yeah, and the the suspension just basically has him to where he can't be on the sideline. So a lot of people are kind of kind of laughing at it, saying that, oh, well, he can still be involved in everything. Yeah, he just has to be there. Well, that's still a big part of it. Being there, right there, while everything's happening, is what a head coach does. So, um, not being able to literally reiterate that is big, but. Office of coordinator Sharon Moore uh, was acting head coach and was just super pumped, dude. They got the dub. It was, uh, what was it, 24 to 15 mm-hmm. and on the road. Um, and he was just super pumped to have his team uh, and he was just showing love for Harbaugh. There was a quick interview that they did on the sideline. Um, I know I wanna check it out a little bit real quick. Let's show a clip.
1: First on the win, to say that this has been a crazy 24 hours for your guys to win on the road in this environment when there were doubts from what does it mean to you
0: well to thank the lord i well, thank coach harbaugh love you
1: man love you man this is for you for this university the president our ad we got the best players best university best alumni in the country love you guys these guys right here these guys right here man these guys did it. These guys did it, man. Talk to him, man. Love you,
0: yeah, man, that guy is passionate, bro. He could feel it, dude. Obviously, he was trying a little bit, but he was just like super stoked, dude. I mean, that's big. That's a big spot. To, that's a lot of pressure to be under. You have This is a big season, riding for yeah. undefeated. You need this victory to make sure that you set up yourselves well for the Ohio State run that you get at home at least um that was a passionate interview man it's pretty good
1: yeah i mean dedicated obviously they all focused in on what they need to do in order to replace harbaugh while he's gone or like fill that void at least the other thing too you talk about like this is an important game and an important season for them it's also the last year of the big 10 the way as we know it with everybody transferring sure. and moving schools next year so this could be the last real chance of having it as a easy conference in a sense for a couple of these schools
0: like uh, what the rest of the series looks like. Well, there's two games left for Michigan. The easy part, like you're talking about, is Maryland, who's unranked. They play them this week on the road. They go to Maryland, but they finish hosting Ohio State. That's the one that's going to be big. Mm-hmm. He's still suspended for that game. Any bowl games or college football games or anything like that, he has not. There's hasn't been a suspension handed down, so I'm assuming he'll be back for those. But you need that Ohio State game in order to be here, right? Yeah,
1: absolutely. And and now that I think about it, it makes sense they only suspended him for the last three games of the regular season because they're the Big Ten. They can't control non-Big Ten games like bowl games, right? So I guess that's all they really could do. And, you know, for Michigan to not have him on the sideline, you know, Penn State and then the Maryland game, whatever, I guess. But the Ohio State one, that is kind of a big deal because I feel like they've beaten them two times in a row going against Ohio State. So for them to not have – Harbaugh there and going for that third straight—that is kind of a like a drop down for them. But this coaching staff has been there for a while. It's not like they're, they're brand new and they know what they're doing. And so we'll see what happens. If they get a really good game against Maryland next week, then I guess their confidence will be built up with the coaching staff without Harbaugh going into the Ohio State game.
0: Yeah, what they better not hope for is a trap game against Maryland and looking ahead to, to Ohio State, thinking they want to be vengeful for Jim Harbaugh and yeah. just take on Ohio State. Well, you still have—I mean, it's still a football team; they want going to win. And you're in their stadium. Anything can happen on the road, especially in college, I feel like.
1: Oh, yeah, big time. Don't
0: get too far ahead of yourselves, Wolverines. Make sure you take care of business. Make sure you take care of the turtles. <laughs> and you head back. And I know they call them turps, whatever. They're freaking turtles. <laughs> you head back and start beating some Buckeye ass. Right?
1: That's just so, so funny because I know they're the turpins, but I've never heard anybody just call them the turtles. <laughs> you were just so non like the turtles. <laughs> Whatever, bro. That's what they look like. I no, think. they are. That's they what it fast. is. It's a type of turtle. It's just I've never heard anybody see? say the Maryland Turtles.
0: <laughs> well, whatever. Go blue. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> All you Michigan fans, let me know in the comments. I want to see who's out there. If you are like Ohio State, then I'm glad you're here. But, <laughs> um, here we go. So we'll see how it goes. Let's get out of college football. Because, you know, it's weird real quick. last Last note. Rivalry week supposed to be next week, but USC and UCLA play this week.
1: Yeah, I don't know what that's all about. They do things weird, and of course, the last year of the Pac-12, they got to make it even weirder and do this. I don't understand why are they got to be different and not be part of Rivalry Week. What is the point? It's so annoying. It's so have annoying. your own Rivalry I'm Week that so, nobody just, knows I'm about.
0: With yeah, true. <laughs> the SEC season alone. So well, that,
1: that's a whole other can of worms.
0: Want to get a couple NHL updates. Nah, I'm just kidding. We got one in the chat. <laughs> I want to talk about the game that I went to yesterday. Dude, it was such a good game, man. The ducks are good, man. So, fun. so we get there. Not only my dad didn't know apparently. Well, actually one bad thing. And you kind t- of you kinda gave me a little bit of a warning ahead of time, but I didn't realize how bad it was. The parking and the walk.
1: Yeah, it so kinda sucks car- right now.
0: And as we start walking towards them, I'm like, oh, this is what Corey was talking about. We have to walk around all this construction. I didn't realize all the walk all around the construction was all the way to the street and all the way <laughs> around into the building. I was like, oh, my gosh. Anyway, so
1: that was – Remember I told time. you I got an electric scooter to ride from my car to the arena? Now, That's, now, understand now you why? understand why because I could do that same walk. Now and I'm, I'm like, didn't. nah. <laughs> I
0: ain't walking that every time either. I totally understand <laughs> that, bro. totally understand. But after that, we got in. It was the first of a Legends night for the 30th anniversary. Yep. It was super fun, bro. Honestly, they did a really good job, dude. Um, got the bobblehead. It was super easy to get in. and Everybody was cool. Uh, got the bobblehead. Walked around a little bit. Came and saw you and the team. Yep. Around to kind of just hang out after that went to our seats and the cool part was that there was the like presentation, right? Paul yep. Korea came out. It was his night. So presentation in the middle of the ice. Even Timu was there and A Bear. So it was a it was a cool just like show. The new DJ that you guys got, Jay
1: Jojo. DJ, I love that guy. He's yeah. the best. He's the best. He keeps
0: everybody like super entertained. And the cool part was, and I had heard this from uh, what was the guy? What was that silver dude's name that you said was walking around? Oh, the guy? Ice Man. <laughs> the Ice Man. What was the story behind
1: that? So back in 93, when they first started, you know, this this is Disney owning the team. So they're doing things a little differently as far as pregame presentation and during the game and all that stuff. So they they had this guy called the Iceman that they brought in. He literally was like all blue and he looked like he was frozen. And nobody really understood exactly what he was there for or why he was there or what he was doing. So after like, I don't know, maybe three or four games, they just were like, yeah, it's not working. Scrap it. So last night as part of our legacy night of the first 10 years in the 90s, essentially, they brought him back and had him there at the arena. We sold shirts in the store with him on it. I mean, it was a whole a whole run of, of the Iceman yesterday. It's pretty funny. There's a lot of people confused. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I was one of those people. Yeah. I had to ask. Him. I literally texted I was like, who is this silver dude? He's walking around all pumped up. I didn't know who he was, but honestly, it was pretty cool. He had good energy. Um, something else that was pretty cool about it was they had the, like, themed music, I guess you would say. Mm-hmm. Uh, the DJ was playing, like, 90s music because that was the, the – the era that you guys were celebrating that yep. in the first legacy night it was like the nineties to like 2003 basically. Right. And, um, they gave away, they had a bear and Korea there, which I learned, didn't know, but that was pretty cool. They had a bunch of like info that that's the first ever draft pick. Cause that was from the uh, expansion draft and then yep. the first ever like regular draft pick and Paul Korea, uh, so that was, I don't know, just, like, a bunch of information. Super cool. Great game, obviously, too. They won 4-1, beat the Sharks, man, whatever. I get it. It's the Sharks. But, hey, I hey, want to win. In the but NHL, you finds. get every point you can. Dude, it was just really cool. It was just really cool. Great goals. There was this one goal, dude. Uh, what was his name? The defender. And he freaking – he he, he – um, he's new he's new to the team everybody goes Ooh, what's his name it's
1: probably got to be Radko Gudis is my guess yeah
0: yeah him yeah so he has like a little slap shot all the way in the corner and it bounces off of the defender's stick and it literally just goes over everybody <laughs> defender yeah. in front of the goal like try to jump up and hit it and the goalie's sitting there waiting for the puck it just goes right over his shoulder into the goal date. it was so cool
1: as they That's say in hockey time. just throw it at the net because anything can happen
0: Yep, and that's exactly what happened there. My dad had a great time. Hadn't been to a hockey game in so long. So, honestly, did great job, Ducks, putting on a show. It was super well done. Um, and I'm looking forward to the rest of the season. You told me that they're going for like more bold,
1: right? Yeah, their whole new marketing thing part of our anniversary and going into the future is we want to be more bold like we were in the 90s instead of more like laid-back, beachy vibe, which we still are because we're in Orange County. We get that. But we also want to be more bold than how we were in the 90s. Like I said... At some point, they were talking about maybe having Wild Wing jump through the Ring of Fire like he did back in the day, but that hasn't been officially announced yet. So I'm hoping, hopefully, that's what they're going to do it at some point. Maybe like the, one of the Legacy nights. There's two more to go this yeah, season, so maybe they'll do it yeah, one he of those do nights. It all the time? No, no, exactly. definitely not. Yeah, the last, the one time he did it back in the day, the guy caught fire. So we definitely don't want to do it all the time. Uh, yeah. But hopefully, they bring it back at least once or twice. I mean, shoot, maybe we make the playoffs. When we bring it back for that first home playoff game. That would be awesome.
0: That'd be cool. That's a, that's a big jump
1: though. We went from 32 last year to where we are now. So let's just, I need to take a deep breath. Let me calm down.
0: down. (laughs) Either way, man, it was a great time. My dad hadn't been to a game in a long time and he had a great time. It was super fun. He felt super stoked. He had the the bobblehead and just rocking all the gear. And I don't know. It was a good time, man.
1: Yeah. It was funny when I I went and sat with you guys for those few minutes, your dad was like, yeah, he told me, don't worry. You don't have to buy anything. I got enough gear for you. And you guys were all decked out in that stuff that I've been giving you over the years. (laughs)
0: Yeah, exactly, dude. You know what else I noticed, dude? I actually was wearing because I love the hat. It's the one with the you know the anniversary with the goalie mask and the and the sticks. Yeah, pretty. yeah. Um, I was wearing a 20th anniversary hat on the night that I went to celebrate the 30th
1: anniversary.
0: <laughs> Perfect. Been a longtime Ducks fan, and uh, again, great, great, great show yesterday. Well done. But just want to talk about it a little bit. So thank you again, man, for the tickets. It was yeah, for
1: sure, day. dude. I'm sure there'll be a few more games. I'll get them here at the, before the season's over.
0: Be super stoked. Last topic that we really want to kind of touch on is basketball.
1: A little bit of updates.
0: Kind of share. Yeah, exactly. Nothing too much, but a couple things that we want to talk about. The first one is kind of serious, so let's kind of chill a little bit. Uh, Kelly Oubre, man. Kelly Oubre Jr., while walking around in Philadelphia, was hit by a freaking car, man. Um, Report says he's fine. He's out of the hospital, but he did suffer a broken rib and had injuries to his uh, hip and leg. Ugh. I j- This is the weird part, bro. This is where I'm... I'm be- okay, right here. Nobody can seem to confirm the whereabouts of James Harden <laughs> this incident. Uber not only stole his girl, no. but has now taken over his team. I'm just saying... Oh, no. I- Let's make sure that James Harden has an alibi, because... Anything could have happened. Okay, no, but seriously, jokes aside, the real driver better never be found, or at least not announced, because Philly fans are crazy, and who knows what—that's true. <laughs> like if that person would even live. So that's a
1: good point. The worst part uh, is though,
0: crazy bro, how did this happen?
1: Well. I feel bad for Oubre, excuse me, cuz he's had like one of the best years of his career. I think he's averaging like over 20 points a game in Philly this year. He's have, he's just it's been like one of the most perfect fits for him in his entire career to this point. So I feel kind of bad that this is happening and the fact that it's not even anything he did wrong. It's not, you know, most times players get hurt like this, you're like, "Ah, oh, what the hell were you doing? Doing that?" He's walking around the city hanging out and he got hit by a car. Like what's he supposed to do? And the fact that it's his hip and leg and rib, I'm like, "Ah, oh, man, I hope it doesn't take out his flow and his rhythm that he had to start the season and he kind of loses his vibe you know the rest of the way but we'll have to see that thankfully he's okay and it's not anything serious
0: yeah the only thing that apparently broke for sure was a rib i didn't hear about anything else breaking so hopefully it's just like sore super sore nothing else crazy and hopefully his rib took most of the impact and you know that can just heal again i'm not saying it's okay my rib but, took uh,
1: most of the impact from the car ouch <laughs>
0: If you can save your legs, bro, legs is your whole everything. Yeah, that's true. You that's a good, your heel. You know? That's Ribs a good you point. Heel, your legs are everything. You keep your joints, you need your hips, especially for this man.
1: Yeah, if you want to keep playing ball, you're going to need those.
0: <laughs> his teammate who is balling for sure, Tyrese Maxey, bro. Tyrese Maxey the other night dropped 50 in the sixth straight win for Philadelphia since training James Harden. I watched the replay of this game, even, and I watched like a highlight of his 50 points. I'm not going to lie, dude. Sixers fans can legitimately say, James, who? I mean, because this kid can ball.
1: I don't know how you can. I mean, he's doing everything. And I think now that James is gone and that distraction is gone, it's even easier for them to just, him and MB, to just go out there and do their two man game and play ball, man. Mm-hmm. Just run, pick, and roll. Basically, do what Harden was doing last year because he did lead the league in uh, assists last season. So. If you're Maxie, just do what he was doing last year, except obviously score a lot more because you're younger and still have uh, the ability to get past guys. I feel like that's the biggest part of Harden. He just doesn't have the ability to just go past guys like he used to and create more space and and ultimately get more contact to get to the free throw line.
0: Yeah, and he's just younger. He seems eager. He seems happy to do it. You know what I just realized? I'm sitting here looking at this picture of James Harden. Man, I feel like James Harden is always in a bad mood. I feel right? like he's never like really happy. You know what, bro? I feel like – look at this beard, bro. I would be irritated as hell if I had to, for my whole <laughs> life, have to have this big old beard uh, just because like that's who I am as the beard. I can't shave it off and, like, oh, it's just so freeing to, like, just let it go sometimes. Don't get me wrong. I always keep something here. But that first day when you just, like, let off that big beard, oh, it feels so good. And he doesn't get to experience that. That's got to be what's ruining this
1: time, man. Maybe, but, I mean, I mean, look, I have a beard. I haven't have not had a beard in, like, I don't know, 13 years. But I don't have it that long. You could trim it down. Just because you're known as the beard doesn't mean it has to be a big, monstrous thing. Like, just trim it down once in a while. Look like, like a normal dude one for a change. But, you're right. I never even thought about that. He can't really shave it until he's like done playing, basically, right? Like that's his thing.
0: And even then, honestly, man, have you? I don't know if you've seen. I don't know if they're doctored pictures, but I've seen pictures on the. Oh yeah, of him I'm at Arizona State without like it. Rickles cousin. Yeah, he looks like Urkel's cousin. He looks like ain't nobody. You know, really want
1: to well, talk to him. So maybe that's kind like of he keeps the beard. But I was gonna say that's one reason he has the beard. Maybe that's a second reason he likes to go to strip clubs a lot. True.
0: Sure. <laughs> they have to just be there. <laughs> Keep it with the Clippers, though. They're 0-5. Oh, it's, man. Because, uh, you know, Philly's 6-0 and since uh, trading away Harden. They're 0-5 since the trade and 0-4 and with Harden playing. Because the first game that, that they traded was against us. He didn't play, but he had technically already been traded, so the aura was there. Uh, honestly, they even lost to the Grizzlies last night at, at home. home. The only comment I have is I love to see it.
1: Dude, I love to see it, too, and I also... You know, I think two years ago they were talking about the Clippers having some of the best executives and smartest guys in all of basketball, and then they make this trade, and we see – I know it's a small sample size, but it doesn't look good. Yeah. And I think what's ultimately going to have to happen is Ty is going to have to have either Russ or Harden come off the bench. They cannot play on the court at the same time. They just don't make any sense together because they both need to have the ball in their hand, and Russ can't shoot off the ball. So I don't know if I'm Ty Lue – I don't know which one you go with. Like, okay, one, do you put Russ on the bench, which after last year at Lakerland, he was not a fan of that. Or do you tell James Harden, who you just traded for, like, hey, we're actually going to move you to the bench so you can run the second squad. Like, he's going to hate that because of all the shit he pulled in the last few places of being a starter. So I don't know what the Clippers are going to do. They gave up a lot of their depth, especially at the, like, three position, uh, making this trade. I know – They don't get Terrence Mann to play as much, so that kind of feels like a waste of even having him. They should have just included him in the trade and got something else out of it. So I don't know what to expect from these Clippers. Thankfully, we aren't Clipper fans, so that's not our problem. That's Clipper Daryl, and I think Frankie Muniz used to have season tickets. So those people who, uh, for real, are Clipper fans, Marcellus Wiley, I'm talking to you out there too, man. It is uh, not our problem. uh, We're letting it go, and we're moving on to Laker basketball. That's actually, hey, we're 500. 500 figured some yeah, things out not bad not
0: bad <laughs> we looked pretty good i don't know
1: it's early it's
0: i want to see better little wayne says we're not going to win anything with ad so we'll see okay well
1: we were two and ten last year we're five and five we're off to a much better start so let's calm down
0: <laughs> much better somebody else who's actually off to a surprising start for me is the rockets it's kind of so weird i like to give dylan books crap so when he does well i'll give him a praise they beat the freaking breaks off the Lakers by like 30-something the other night, so we suck. <laughs> um, but the only thing I can say is they started 0-3 and now won six straight. They're in fourth place, again, very early. They're 6-3 and three in fourth place after night. Well, that was at the beginning of the night. I don't know if they played tonight and if they won, but they're 6-3 and three before tonight. But the only thing I can say is, is this something similar? Because this is like a young team and all that kind of stuff. Is something similar to Utah last year.
1: I mean, that's that was my first thought when they were off to this quick start. I'm like, okay, well, that's cool. They're young, and Doak is a good coach. So, you know, it's not really shocking that they've turned things around on the defensive side, at least for sure, because that's his whole specialty. So not shocked that they're off to a good start, I guess, like this, but also, like you said, is it like Utah last year who everyone was like, oh, my God, Utah traded Donovan Mitchell, and they, got, they traded Gobert, and all of a sudden they're better than they were before. And it's like, no, it, just think about the long-term, you know, sample size. The short-term, it looks good right now, but – in the long run, I think the Rockets are going to be improved from last year, especially just because of Adoka. But I think in the long run, they'll come back down to the pack, and, and I don't expect Houston to be making the playoffs or even the play-in.
0: No, they, um, they, but the six straight wins is pretty impressive, though. I yeah. agree. I think that I don't think it's going to be very long. But I mean, they, they beat the Kings twice, back-to-back games. Beat the Lakers by like thirty. Be the Pelicans, average, not terrible, but average. And they would be the Nuggets.
1: Yeah, that's a good yeah, no Jamal Murray, but that is a good that is a good win.
0: And no no um De'Aaron Fox, but still.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, you know what though? The the biggest thing now is is did they win their in season tournament games because 'Cause we're all worried about right. that and making sure we all know what means super what. super
0: important, that's why. Super important. <laughs> Well, that's why. Um, not there was a bunch of people asked though. I had seen interviews. Even Austin Reeves actually was asked because I I watch pretty much all the post game interviews for the Lakers after they play. I try to at least. Um, and he was even asked about you know are, did the vibe feel different? LeBron kind of went with the freaking media. Well, yeah, it felt like a little bit more. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, your It was just freaking regular season game. You played literally nine billion of them. So it just, <laughs> whatever. It was just another freaking game. Um, but everybody else is like, do you guys understand it? Like, now that you guys won, do you guys have a better position? And pretty much everybody, like, that, the, the answer that everybody has been really running with is like, Man, I don't really know how this works. Yeah, I don't get uh, it. Don't know, it just seems like this weird thing. I don't really get it. I just know that it's good to win a game, so I'm happy we won the game. If it counts for something else, then that's cool, too. But other than that, it just seems like nobody really gets it, except Steph Curry. <laughs> Steph Curry was actually asked about it the other day. Love And this. he had an answer that was kind of kind of funny. Uh, I wanted to show you. Check it out. Have the guys figured out the format, or is there still a little bit of confusion about how to
1: advance? If you just take the time to read the situation, it's pretty straightforward. Um, I love the commentary around nobody knows what's going on, but if you actually just take a second and take a deep breath and understand there are six groups, and whoever has the best record out of the six groups and two wild cards go and then you play a bracket from there and try to get to Vegas final four play two games. Championship is an extra game but there's
0: monetary stakes on the line and then everybody else who doesn't make the,
1: the, uh, the bracket gets regular season games made up pretty simple.
0: Yeah, dude, that's, uh, that's <laughs> stuff for you, bro. Just pretty blunt, straight to the point, right?
1: Yeah, not only that, too, the other one that caught my eye, I don't know if you sent it to me or if I saw it somewhere else, but uh, the Sixer game the other night was an in-season tournament game, and even though they had lost and it was out of reach at that point, at right before the buzzer went off, Embiid shot a three-point shot. And, you know, normally everybody goes, like, hey, what the heck, man, the game's over. Why are you taking the shot? And kind of he's like... Well, if you guys read the rules for the in tournament, like when it comes down to tiebreakers, point differential and points scored in games could become a thing. So he nice. had them, he had the referees review it because it was a buzzer beater and they weren't going to win regardless, but they still had to make sure it counted or not. And so he made them go review it and they did. And it turned out he didn't get it off in town. I think he missed it by like maybe 0.2, 0.3 seconds. So he just missed it on the clock. But the fact is that these players have to realize that when they're playing in-season tournament games, which is why these courts are super loud and obnoxious to let you know that, <laughs> that every point counts when it comes to point differential. It's like it's like a soccer tournament where the goal differential. So even if you're down cool. 35 in a game in a season tournament, you need to score as many points as you can to the end because it could come back to determine if you make it into the bracket or if you go just playing a home and road game on December 6th and 8th as you and I were looking at earlier with that whole schedule. It's just very strange.
0: Well, it's good to see that Embiid knows the rules.
1: Yeah, right? Happy Somebody day. does.
0: <laughs> well, and Steph, obviously. Yeah, true. Not, so. Well, that was a nice long episode, man. I know we obviously, what is it, Monday again? Yeah, right? it is Monday.
1: Yeah. What it does that mean? It, oh, does that mean? Oh, yeah, we got one more segment left before we get out of here.
0: Milf Monday. Milf Monday. I cannot believe a fine woman like
1: this produced a guy like Steph. Dude, I took some milf. The hell's
0: that? M I L F. Man, I love facts. <gasps> yeah, you yeah. hey Mil- Mil- yeah.
1: Milf Mondays.
0: Milf Monday.
1: All right, so nice. All
0: right, so what kind of fact you got for me today? Kind
1: of a weird one today, but I think you sent me this a week or two ago, and I just kind of kept it in the back pocket just in case. Um, okay. so from 1981 to 2004, which is kind of crazy to think about. Uh the MLB schedule was made by two people, a married couple, Henry and Holly Stevenson. Uh until the end of the season of 2004 when they got outbid by a small company in Pittsburgh, the Sports Scheduling Group, who then took over the job for the 2005 season. But I just thought it was really cool cuz I've always kind of wondered about how do the schedules get put together? Who who figures out who plays home at what time? And and if you're if you're talking about basketball, hockey, or baseball, when you're, there's a multiple games and not just footballers, like 16 or 17. We're talking about 80 to 100 plus games. Like, you got to figure out, and if you're basketball and hockey, you're sharing buildings with other teams, and concerts are coming in now. And, and just the whole playing of that, like, puzzle has always been really interesting to me. So the fact that this couple was doing it by themselves for over 20 years for baseball, which I know there wasn't as many teams in the 80s as there are now, but to still be able to, like, keep that all together and situated for that long is. Super interesting to me, but I'm sure nowadays it's probably just a computer that people plug a bunch of things in dates into and it does it for you, but I th- I still think it'd be interesting to be yep. in the room when that stuff used to be done the old school way.
0: Yeah, it'd be cool to sit down, because yeah, I heard that, I think I read a little bit, maybe you read a little article or something, that, that did it like Basically by hand. It's not like they, to your point, are doing what most likely the sports scheduling group is doing and putting all of the information into a computer and just letting the algorithm. No, granted, they probably have to write the algorithm, but yeah, just the and, algorithm do all the work.
1: And if you're if and you're if by you're by trying to do it, like if I'm thinking about a Honda Center, we actually have 41 hockey games throughout six months. There's concerts and stuff in between. Obviously, that's why our schedule for our show changes. Um, but you got to think there's probably a calendar with a plug of like, okay, this is the dates that are open, but this person has to be like in this part of the country when that part's open to then be a part of our building in the middle of your tour. That's kind of how that thing – I would think that all kind of goes down. So it's just always been really interesting to me see how that kind of gets situated, but the fact that these two people, a couple, were doing it by themselves by hand for 20 years for an entire league is crazy.
0: That's crazy, man. That's crazy. That's a cool fact. That's a cool fact. Thanks, man. I like that.
1: Yeah. Always, always good milf Mondays. Like we talked about yesterday with your dad, he always he liked our our, our facts on Mondays too. <laughs> always good to uh to you know share some more facts and I don't know, it's always weird. Like we find a bunch of them. Actually, we have so many in our list. If I go back, I can probably do like at least the next ten or twelve weeks worth of milf Mondays. But got some in the chamber for later. But we got through today. We made it.
0: <laughs> perfect, perfect. If you want to hear more of these facts or other types of things like this weekend sports history that we do. Where could they hear those?
1: Brother? Well, always you want to find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, and then like Brendan always mentions during the show, if you want to see us and our uh, presentations that we make here for you guys, you can check us out on YouTube by searching "Our View from the Bench."
0: Exactly. Also, don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at ourviewftb. Well, it's Monday, my friend. Got a long week ahead of us. How's yes. your
1: week looking? Oh, man, it got longer today, let me tell you. <laughs> uh, work-wise, uh, just going to be doing some overtime the next few days and getting stuff ready for the uh, end of the month. So I'm doing a lot of work and a lot of sleep like, uh, we've been, like I've been doing. But, uh, you know, recording nice. today and doing some editing, and then uh, we'll do another episode on Thursday as well. So looking forward to that. What about you, man?
0: It's nothing same old stuff <laughs> working each day, gotta be working out, swimming doing the stuff. I'm doing that six days a week now. I couldn't do it today because i uh was just behind on so many other things, mm. but uh, other than that, I'm trying to do it six days a week Ooh. get fit- get healthy, feeling good, so it's nice, but uh yeah, other than that, just a normal old week. can't complain gotta see my mom and my stepdad they're coming in we're doing like an early Thanksgiving on Saturday, nice. So to be doing that, other than that, there's nothing else planned this week, just uh, good old work,
1: yay! <laughs> Gotta pay those bills somehow, right? <laughs>
0: exactly, so it is what it is, but yeah. Um, other than that, I mean, appreciate everybody for stopping by. Thank you all for seeing things from our view from the bench. I'm Brendan.
1: and I'm Corey. Like we always say, enjoy the sports until we talk again.
0: Peace this was a sycamore fourth studios production